Hi and welcome to Real Clear Fetish Talks Real Clear Play. An Instagram live slash YouTube slash podcast thing where we talk about all things fetish and all things sober. Um, and yeah, today I am going to LA to talk to uh, Miles. So I'll bring him in. Hello, Miles. Hello. Welcome to the live. Glad to be here. Fantastic. Uh, normally what I would start at here at the beginning, we do four standard questions and then we'll just see where the conversation goes. Sounds fantastic. Far away. Fantastic. First question is, what do you prefer I call you? Names, pronouns and title. Name, Miles, pronouns, he, him, hey, you, <laughs> hey, sexy, <laughs> uh, get over here. <laughs> And um, what about titles? None. None title. Depends on when it's applicable with what I'm doing where I am. Sir can be fine. Yeah. It depends on the situation. Correct. Yeah, that that people also ask me, so what are your titles? Like, well, if I'm <laughs> if I'm cuddly, I'll be daddy. If I'm <laughs> nasty, I'll be sir. There you go. Agreed. Yeah. I'm in the same situation. Next question. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Ah, Jesus. I was thinking about that earlier because I saw some of your other podcasts. I'll tailor it to this, I guess. Um, I'm in my 50s, live here in Los Angeles. I was born and raised in upstate New York, but I moved to San Francisco when I was in my early teens. So I'm more of a San Franciscan than anything. So that's where I really grew up. And, you know, great segue. Ooh, leather community there was fantastic. Um, what else? I'm an artist. I've done fashion styling my whole life for the most part for luxury brands. Um, yeah, that kind of snowballed into this thing, which I'm currently exiting. I want to get out of that. So there's too much travel. Um, what else? Uh, sober since 1991, which is applicable mm -hmm. to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm from a family of addicts and alcoholics. You know, my joke is shake the family tree and bottles fall out. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. How, I'd like to have abbreviated answers so like you can keep jumping in. Ask away. What's another question? Uh, next question. Uh, well, you sure. kind of answer, already answered the question, and we kind of know a little bit about your backstory. But clean, completely sober, clear-headed, or social drinker? But you've completely already answered sober. That. Yeah. Completely sober by choice. One hundred percent. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. And the last question: What is clear play to you, and why is it important? What is clear play to me? Uh, why is it important? Uh, I just, I can only speak for myself and my experience. And this is crooked. And uh, let's see. Clear play for me is I myself being uh, clear headed and completely sober. So I enter any play with that state of mind. Uh, and what was the last part of the question? <laughs> and why is it important? Oh my God. Well, for me, uh, uh, specifically, um, that's how I show up. Um, let me find the answer. Give me, I may need a minute or, or a second or two to really find the answers um, for you. So I pride myself on giving the truth if I can. Um, take, take a breather to just have a quick little think. That's not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's important because I'm not alone. There's many people who have this affliction that I have and that a guy like me can give that meaning play without the all the uh, bells and whistles of chem and 
alcohol. Yeah, to be fully present for the play. So that I find that very important. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 also I've, I've mentioned this on previous episodes. When 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 you're sober, you're normally here, and if someone's right. drunk or high, they're there. Yeah, and it, it never really connects properly. Yes. Well, and great disclosure or interjection is I have played and probably will play with people who are on drugs, mm -hmm. but that's case by case, person by person. Yeah. And it's with my mood where I'm at, who they are, you know, that's in general, I do not. It's my preference is no. Yeah. And there are certain circumstances like, you know, uh, math and all that. It's definitely off the table. No. Yeah. Um, it's, it's I, I have to be honest. I, I'm, I, on occasion, if I'm in a club and so on, I'm yeah. playing with someone, unless they're completely gone and they're not right. registering you, then I wouldn't play with them. But if right. they're having a good time and yep. I'm having yeah. a good time, why not? As long as you keep yourself safe. Agreed, 100%. Navigating that, uh, and that's what longevity with knowing who you are um, and what you your own boundaries are is all it is. And just remove yourself immediately. Yeah. yeah. You mentioned in your, your blurb that, um, of course, you became sober in 91 um, and you have connections to the kink and the sober queer scene in both L.A. and San Francisco. Yes. And you said you had some great mentors, but unfortunately, oh. because of the yeah. let, let's jump into the deep end on that one. But you mentioned some of the mentors you had in your in your um, younger years. Um, is there any of them that stand out because you mentioned they're not around anymore because of the AIDS epidemic and so on? Oh, uh, mm. my God. Yeah, all of them. T tough question, sorry. No, but... it's just, it's like, uh, I told myself I did want to talk about this. This is one of the things I want to bring to this, bring to this podcast for you and represent. And... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the medium-sized story, because that's all I got for this is... That's fine. Uh, I come out in my early teens, 19, and I knew, I've always known that I've had a fetish for shiny things. I used to play with plastic in the basement and make clothes, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, of course, being in upstate New York when I was little, I wanted my snowsuit very tight. <laughs> and I loved the leather gloves and tight. <laughs> and, you know, television was Batman and this show called um, The War Wild Wild West. I forget the guy's name, but he'd wrestle and have chaps on and be tied up. And I was just like close to the TV as I could get. <laughs> Hot. I mean, my mother literally would say, get away from the TV. You're going to ruin your eyes. It was hysterical. So fast forward. Um, uh, it's too long of a story. Parents divorced. I moved to San Francisco to live with an older gay brother. And... I, this is what I would interject as well. It's kind of a second, I believe, a second coming out. I came out mm. as a gay man. And then I believe our fetishes, this is my story, my experience for me. Mm -hmm. I yet again had to turn around and go to my new gay friends. I like leather. I like rubber. I like to be tied up. I like to tie people up. I like asphyxiation. I like, you know, ABC. And the, I was rejected. There was a lot of rejection. It's like, what? Mm. Translation, fear. They were young. I was young. So there comes in the portion of your question. I remember meeting this guy at, at work. 
I, did, I designed windows at the time at a giant department store. And he was big, muscly, and had a great chest and big nipples. And he came up to me, and we just started talking. So fast forward, he showed me the ropes. He said, meet me at Letitia's, which was this little leather hangout for the pregame before the beer bust at the Eagle. He's like, get yourself a pair of leather pants. <laughs> so I did, and I showed up, and I was all of maybe 20, and they were so old, they were 35. Oh my God, that's God. horrible. Terrifying. Some were even in their 40s. Oh my God. Ancient. Ancient. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. And they also had chaps on and no shirts, and I was like, Fascinated and terrified at the same time. Well, anyway, short version of that. What beautiful souls I was taken in. Oh, my God. I'm reflecting now. Like, Gary Garcia, all these great guys. And uh, here's some funny examples of what they would uh, talk about. Flagging, you know, top, bottom, mm -hmm. colors. Right down to with the eagle, if you stood by the restroom, uh, there's this long trough, right? If you stood there with your arms crossed at a certain area, uh, at the time, it could mean that you were into water sports and that's what you wanted. <laughs> also, you could flag that, but yeah. it was so fantastic. Taught me all of that. Um, what else? Mind you, this is sober. I got sober really young. So I should say this too. I was able to enter my leather life and fetish life without having any history of that super high, high play. So I'm the lucky one. I really mm -hmm. am. You know, I don't want to stay here long, but that was 85. And that's when AIDS hit in the major cities. And San Francisco was ground zero, one of them. And uh, a little soundbite, maybe 15 of us would be at this place to have uh, 40 margaritas before we went out and then go, you know, hit the bars. Uh, 50, out of 15 of those guys, 10 were dead in the first year. It was horrific. I was like, where's Jerry? Where's Jerry? And it's usually couples, entire couples would disappear. Mm -hmm. One would go, the other would go. It was, or they'd go home to once they came from middle America. And so, and how that pertains to me, that shaped me and my sexuality with fetish. I actually didn't know at the time the importance of what I was being taught and shown by these men. I really didn't. You know, I was young and didn't give a shit. Um, I do today. I cherish it. I have photos. Oh, it's so great. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's part of that answer. I could go on. It's well. It's it's an interesting part of history, and I think it really like, is. Um, for one of the reasons I wanted to just touch on it a little bit. I know it's a yes. tough thing to talk about. It is because. If if we just get snippets some of some of those stories out there on a podcast somewhere, yeah. that keeps them alive, and it's so oh, important to please. show, um, especially my generation and younger, that there is a whole generation we've lost of Literally. educators, kinksters, yes. um, and it's yeah. especially in the last couple of years with the pandemic and so on. All of a sudden, this kind of resurfacing. It is. Um, and with TV shows showing it really explicitly, you've had posts, we had It's a Sin here in the UK, 
just with American Horror Story, which was oh, right. Be right. beautifully done, even for yes. a horror about a serial killer, but it was beautifully yes. done. Um, it's just so important to tell those stories, even if it's a small little anecdote about a person you knew in San Francisco to just show you the bars. Agreed. Who was old and 35, how horrible. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, you know, it's, it's, yeah. So sorry. Sorry. Soundbite, I ended up in um, offset therapy, of course, you know, gratefully so. In uh, one of the first sessions, or not first, but issues he brought up was, how did you do with the epidemic? You're a young man, you're in your teens, and you witnessed that. And case in point, my best running partner died at 23. He was old. He was 23. I was like 19. I kind of pushed it down, and uh, it's definitely post-traumatic stuff, stress stuff. So I don't want to stay here too long, but uh, what's my point of bringing that up? I am that guy who was the young guy who kind of witnessed it. And do, I do and need to talk about it. You're right. And he said that. Yeah. So I am. It's, it's, it's a tough subject. I definitely have had hard conversations with other people yeah. uh, last two years um, yeah. uh, where... Um, they're in their 60s or 70s and they're like yeah. really touched by some of these shows and I've had to kind of be a soundboard and do you know what I'm happy to be a soundboard because I hear these stories it's it's grueling to listen to but it's so important that we share them um I'm glad that you felt comfortable to at least share a little bit I know it's difficult yeah. when you're on live and you're, I'm putting you on the spot as well eh, I'm good with it for some reason <laughs> I don't really give a shit I gotta be honest. <laughs> good, good. Um, the lies. So, I'm good with so, it. <laughs> can, can I ask what happened? Ask me in, what? what happened in '91 that made you want? Do you know what? I've had enough. Yeah. Stop drinking. Sure. Well, as we know, um, the terminology is you know uh, the bottom. Mine was mm. more of a spiritual uh, malady, and simply put. I didn't, there was, believe me, there was consequences left and right. I was hit by a car while walking drunk in San Francisco. And, but to the essence of it, which I can describe like this, is I didn't like who I was becoming whatsoever. Mm -hmm. I was becoming this person and behavior, doing behaviors that, not, that were not ethically, ethically, morally, or spiritually in alignment with who I was as a man. And I knew it within. And that pull and that clash and so what it looks like too is being it gets complicated i'm also an adult child my dad of an alcoholic my dad was alcoholic and all my siblings so there's a lot of baggage that goes with that so i was very familiar with that road and i saw it coming so what really turned was the turning point was work couple fronts work was and I was designing windows and I was winning awards and they loved me. But the big kahuna came up to me and said, you know, the main uh, uh, regional said, my God, you're so talented. We love you. We love what you put out, but you're super inconsistent. What is going on? Looking back, he was a gay man, big old leather bear. He knew, he told me later, he knew that I was alcoholic, but that I had an issue. Fast forward, this really great friend of mine, a female who I loved, uh, Kathy, I used to throw these giant parties and I threw one of my notorious giant parties and in the room were all these friends, supposedly swinging from the, you know, the furniture. 
she sits next to me and said, who are these assholes? And I said, what? They're my friends. She says, no, they're not. They're assholes. And you're becoming one too. And left. Small thing, right? Mm -hmm. But not if it's someone you love, respect, and really want in your life. So those two things are, in brief, sent me um, to get help. So I did. Yeah. So, so sometimes it's that smack in the face by someone that's really close to you kind of yes. going, you know what, you're becoming yes. an asshole. Absolutely. Um, I remember yeah. my best friend telling me, Ralph, you're starting to look like a junkie. That truer was the truth, truer the friend. Yes. Truer the and truth, truer the friend. It, yes. it hurt at the time. Oh my God, because it's not, it's not the oh, image oh. I have of a head of a, of a junkie. And I'm much more compassionate around those type of things nowadays because I've been on the other side of it. Right. Um, right. But getting that sentence from your friend is, is hard. Isn't it? You know, that tells me when I hear that about you, that, that there was, a, I call it the pilot light of hope was still lit. And I hate to say being 31 years clean, I've seen the pilot lights go out left and right, and that's terrifying. I cannot, I must keep that lit. So there's a whole pie chart, I always call it, of things that I do to keep me on the beam. Physical exercise, prayer meditation, alone time, self-care, whatever that looks like. Um, not necessarily isolation, but alone time, recharging, listening to what I need and want. These are things I never did before. And you know, giving myself the best self daily best i can i don't always do it perfectly believe you me but yeah. it's not perfection like hmm? it's not perfection it's just one day at a time kind of thing apparently yeah <laughs> agreed <laughs> <laughs> so um when you started getting into kink is there any yeah. like favorite stuff you really like i know your your instagram is pack with amazing gear is there any like specific gear that you really get into oh good question ralph yowza first and foremost is leather of course uh tight fitted tailored the old bluff which is what you and i are mm -hmm. bluff which I, when i when looking back i i think sexually i replicate that because i saw that in the bars and the hot guys and i think that's that was the turn the click for me so I think I'm in my mind, I replicate that. And the secondary is rubber, which that's a funny little story. When I think in 1992 was the first time I had ever went to London. I was like 20 something. And I went to this store called the Clone Zone. Is that still, Zone still here? Still here. No shit. In Earl's no. Court? Earl's it's, Court? No, this yeah. is now in Old Compton Street. Okay. So picture me. There I am. I ditched this girl that I was with and my best friend and they're like going to museums and I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to go to a leather bar, the Colhern, 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 yeah, yes. and then the, I, you know, I, I, there's no phones at the time, but I found out and I predetermined where this little store was. I go in, I, I had never tried on rubber yet. And so I put a rubber shirt on in the dressing room and you know, the rest, ah, immediate. Hot, turn on, hard on, yes, like, love. Uh, bought it and took it home and there you go. And at the time, Rob's of Amsterdam had opened a store in San Francisco, so I had access, it was great. So yeah, uh, leather, rubber, PVC. 
and being a stylist, former fashion stylist, mm -hmm. uh, this is going to sound odd, but fitted, tight, really um, simple, too, turns me on. Uh, that's another conversation, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's ex let it, let it, let's explore that. Let's oh, let's Who said that? <laughs> oh God! Really? What do you want to know? <laughs> well, let's let's dive into it. It's like you you stylist. Yeah, you <laughs> what? You you're a stylist, and there's certain styles yeah. that get you going. Is there any like well, stuff you've worked with in the past that really is like this? I was really proud of that. Well, okay, here's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm taking the joke out of it. Um, if, you, if you and I were at the Eagle or whatever yeah. in London, uh, what's a great bar in London? Let's go with that. There isn't really any uh, left. No. The, whole the hoist is gone. The hoist? Yeah. Backstreet's gone. Jesus. Okay, well, we're standing in the old hoist. <laughs> yes. Nothing, my joke has always been nothing is worse than a super hot guy, you know, or hot guy, just a guy with ill-fitted, cheap, shitty, I'm gonna to to say it again, ill-fitted leather. And what that is, and this is really what I'm saying, is we all have a you know, mesomorph, ectomorph, whatever your body type is, figure that out and go for it. And turn that fetish up through what works on your body. That is, it's a, to access that, which I think I've done, I mean, myself, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And I, I promote that, and I love that. And so I had this conversation last night with a little cutie, a little 20-something who's into rubber now. He's going off about all the stuff he ordered. And he's like, you got to help me. What socks? And, you know, he, want, he wants to replicate the, uh, the looks. Yeah. So that, there's a crossover. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's okay. a nice Tell here. me that it does. Please, tell I, me I, it. I, I feel like I've gotten to uh, an age, I'm uh, turning 39 in October. So I feel well, like I've gotten to an age where, I, yes, you started somewhere with your gear and, and so on. And I, yes. I, I appreciate it's expensive. So if you're yeah. young, it's not necessarily always the best gear you get or the most <coughs> best fitting Correct. gear you get. You have to start somewhere. That's perfectly fine. But I also feel like I've gotten to an age <coughs> where if I'm going to play with someone, I really need to be into them. And like you say, ill-fitting yes. gear, it, it can be a bit, it looks clunky. It doesn't work with the body. You don't yeah. have to have the best body, but if you have gear that fits it well, yes. perfect. Yes. That's, that's my point. In summary, it's about, you know, for me, my, to describe fetish, for all of us, I agree, to a degree, it's, it's all visual, isn't it? And the, the senses, yeah. the smell. And so for me, that component is huge. So... I mean, I find myself dressing people up before we play and, you know, let's put this back. Worked out fine. <laughs> For the most part. It, it can be quite fun to dress someone up and just see. Uh, the, the, the amount of times yeah. I'm on the underground and I spot a really good looking guy and I'm just like, yeah. I'm doing leather. You would be right. Right. Point taken. God. So yeah. you said you've said you've done uh, window. Is it window design or window decoration? What, what type of oh. job is that? If I may ask. Just in summary, it's um, visual merchandising and styling. You either do it on your own. You know, and I ended up jumping around. You can do it for department stores like, you know, Saks, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom. I did all that. And then you can jump into the designer part, which is what I did for 20, 15 year, two years, like Giorgio Armani, Gucci. So they fly you around to install their windows and merchandise their uh, merchandise. So 
uh, yeah, I did that for years. And then I also had my own two little vintage clothing stores in the early 2000s in San Francisco. That was fun. I did have a little leather in there, but, but it's costly to sell that. And I couldn't really, yeah, but it was, yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny you say, mention that because I, yeah. it's almost a lost career on me. I, I used to do, I was used to be a sales assistant and one of the uh, things uh -huh. classes you could take was um, window dressing. Too so, funny. yeah, so I, I always was like, oh, my ears peak because I've learned all about writing in the window, how to set right. my AT settings and so on. So it's like almost a lost career that could have ha could have been. So it's quite. Oh. You know, it's wild. Uh, famous artists have started there. Andy Warhol, Salvador Dali. Uh, I, I don't have him on the tip of my head but, or tongue, but yeah, it's a segue into stage and set design as well, which I've utilized in fundraising for sober, clean and sober events when I was in my 20s and 30s in San Francisco. I did a lot of that for conventions and whatever was needed for fundraising. And yeah, it was fun. It was great. It was uh, anything that you could do that was completely your own idea and bring it to the table is always fun, right? Yeah. So what, what did you contribute uh, to like the fundraising around um... Um, with the sober communities, with the set design and so on. What, how, how did that look for you? How did that look? Um, yeah, how, what, what did you do? It's like, I'm, I'm curious so, to see what that entailed. Sure. So within a, uh, a conference, which means each city has a, you know, a conference, a weekend where, you know, there's uh, specific um, workshops it's within a four day period, let's say, or three day period. And they have entertainment to keep the people happy and make funds for the next years. Mm -hmm. So they have plays that are uh, reworked to uh, tell a sober story usually. So it's all completely volunteer, believe you me, there's not enough of them, but for years I did the sets. Like it would be Pinocchio, Pinocchio gets sober. <laughs> or Auntie Mame. <laughs> yeah, it was a hoot. Over the top, and then a little bit more. <laughs> it's 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 the thing about looking at yourself and having a laugh as well. Oh my god! And you should, hopefully, you're getting that for me. That's very important. I, I'm, I don't take myself very serious, and when it comes to like, um, if people ask about my sober journey, I will make a joke out of it uh, because it's yes, it's dark shit, and I I do I do on occasion get on my soapbox and I do get serious when I talk about stuff. Sure. But I'm also like, yeah, I used to do crazy shit like saving my own pee because it was laced with my drug taking. Yeah. So <laughs> how it seemed very normal to me to offer that to people when they come to <laughs> work, but Love now it. looking back, they must have thought I was nuts. Well, you were, honey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. With a with a lightest of heart, I say that, and I was as well. <laughs> so um, becoming sober in '91 and yeah. navigating the kink scene yeah. as a sober man, how's that been? And how have you seen the scene change, especially around dating apps and the access to? Uh. Like, the, you, you're not a part of the whole chemsex thing. So how has that yeah. been as someone kind of, as a sober person, person looking in and seeing that happening? Uh, well, that, to, to jump to the end and then I'll go back. How's that been to witness, basically? Yeah. Painfully, unfortunately, horrific. 
Uh, and it, here's a snapshot of what I would say, and I'm going to make it up, but this is, I live here in West Hollywood. So this is an industry town. There's so much beauty. You throw a stone, there's somebody beautiful, and you throw another stone, there's somebody more beautiful. It's insane. You know, they come here to be working actors and in the industry. So with that said, this town eats people up. They move here from Nebraska, this gorgeous six foot four guy who has it all health and family and kindness and gets swallowed up into the world of chem, chem or meth specifically. Mm. And you witness this decline. And my, mostly I, this is like my, what I'm referring to now too is since my San Francisco days, like you know, it was pretty, in the nineties was horrific. It still is. Um, so you'd see these beautiful, beautiful men just lose their health, which is really the wealth that we have, isn't it? And their mm -hmm. sanity in some cases. Yeah. So say the question again. So you asked me, how have well, I How was it kind of to observe? Because oh, to navigate the change kind of happened in 90, uh, 2008 yes. with the, the apps and the access. And all of a sudden, this just kind of exploded and it did in the States. It did over right. a year. How was right. it? like as someone sober kind of having to navigate it, but also witness it. So that's a great, I actually thought about that because I thought about what am I going to say today? And one of them was this topic of that transition from standing in a bar, hoping that you get cruised by the guy you want to cruise you, or are you doing the same, right? Is it went from that to proximity, you know, there they are a hundred feet away. Uh, was a huge thing to change, to have happen. So mm. to start at the beginning, I was, I am the last of the Mohicans where none of that existed in the late 80s and early 90s or just hit. For example, this bar called The Loading Dock in San Francisco, amazing. It was modeled after a Berlin and bar, or a dark bar in Berlin, I was told. Very long and narrow with a crow's nest up above for reading the Bible. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. And so you select your Bible member downstairs. <laughs> Go upstairs and read your chapter. It was really fun. And so and I, lo I love to tell this story, too. So in that bar, one of my first experiences was, ah, oh, this super hot, beautiful, beautiful, big bodybuilder dude was standing there, you know, arms crossed, full leather. Ah. Oh, I would have chewed on his foot, if he took, whatever he wanted me to do. So I stood next to him. I thought, fuck, go for it, honey. So I did. He turns to my left and goes, hey. And I go, hey. And then the, the boring question, what do you do? He, or I asked him that for whatever fucking reason. And he shook his head. It took him literally probably 40 seconds. Like, am I going to tell the truth? And he goes, I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> and then I said, well, I'm a window designer. <laughs> so what's, I say that too, because here we are, these masculine portrayed dudes in this moment at the bar. And I love that too. It's like, I do, you know, he did hair in LA, he was visiting and I did fashion with him. My point there is that diminished when it became online, you know, with uh, Recon, Grindr, only Manhunt, what was the beginning? What helped me out here? What was the, <coughs> the initial ones? Um, well, over here is Gaydar. Oh, right, Gaydar. Online stuff. Um, and then, of course, right. we moved to Recon, and Recon got their own app. And then, of course, right. Grindr is rough. Right. 
right. and there's been a couple of others that kind of just fell away over the years but yeah I'm good with it. I'm glad that I got to see the world without the television, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But in, uh, no, for, what's the metaphor? I got to see the television before color, and I, I appreciate it. But I also see there's a kind of a t funny torture. You see this fantastic match, and you're chatting, and you're like, holy shit, and it's, it's on, and he lives in Switzerland. <laughs> you know, you're like, Jesus. I mean, there's magic to that. There's also torture. Right. Well, you, you, can look at, you can look at Instagram, for example. Yeah. Um, if we didn't have that, I wouldn't have connected with you. We wouldn't have had this conversation. I wanted to say the same thing to you. I did. Let's talk about that, if I may. Wow. The magic of Instagram. This page I started during COVID. Um, you know, I think that's how you found me. Is that how you found me? I forget. Yes, you, you popped up on my, my feed as okay. a suggestion. You might li like his content. Then I scroll through your content. I was like, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> Very kind of you, Rob. Yeah. That's a, that's a great little story. I think you appreciate that, whoever's watching this thing. Oh, absolutely. So COVID, lockdown here in LA, either lay in the roof in the sun or lay in the driveway, and then, or, you know, work out in the living room or eat. And then it became boring. So I literally was sitting in my uh, sofa and I had these giant gray shades. I thought, okay, pulled them off the wall and began taking photos of myself in fetish gear. Cause I had no place to go and I wanted to get in it. Mm. And holy shit, it was like a ticker tape. Cause those photos for me on that Instagram is a fashion window. It's mm. just cropped and edited in the fashion and the styling and, and it's, kind of what I want to see. Um, you know, it's easy to do, and I hope this doesn't sound odd, but it's easy to do crotch grabbing, ass showing, um, over the top. We've all seen, you can go to Twitter for that in a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. So it's basically I'm trying to do fetish editorial, if that makes sense. And that's oh, there, like, there's definitely several accounts where it's more, yeah. Uh, fetish slash artsy and, and yeah. actually more high class photos instead of just, go. here's my bulge, uh, which is fine. Trashy. <laughs> That's yes. fine, but go to Twitter yeah. for that. That's fine. For sure. I'm a customer of that. Are you kidding? I'm glad for the bulges. But I guess truly I'm making light of it, but that what that is, in you know, being in the design world, I've heard it hundreds of times, designers put out there and create, which I, which I am, what doesn't exist i thought okay what what doesn't what am i not seeing and i thought it's just provocative sexy and in what's the word um um implied left and right leaving you to go huh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I i was already on tiktok during lockdown but what i jumped into in lockdown and i'm almost i'm too old for it but i jumped into yeah. tiktok i saw you they're cute yeah, and, and you know, they're, little, they're a little suggestive. I haven't had well, yeah. any trouble on there. There's a couple yeah. of, there's a couple of homophobes that's come up on my feed or something that made a comment or something. But oh, in generally awesome. most people have been nice and, and it's just a bit of fun. And Exactly. And exactly. and if people don't like what I put out, then just block me and move on. hundred percent agree. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, that transition was huge. And uh, uh, I am not the guy who's on the apps daily. And it's just, I don't know, gratefully so. So 
Any what else? In Instagram can be can be fun, absolutely, and and you put out a lot of things and so on. I'm I'm quite careful. I'm, as as recovering addicts, I definitely have um, an a phone addiction. Sure. So I'm sure I'm going to get arthritis in my thumb at some point. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so I I do find Instagram is a bit of a, a two edged sword. I enjoy it, but yes. Um, as someone with, a, I'm not going to beat around a bush. I have a bit, I do have body dysmorphia and I kind of look myself in the mirror and I, that's not what people see my body as is not what I see. Um, yes. So sometimes Instagram can be quite hard to look at as well because everyone yeah. is so beautiful and it's all edited. Agreed. Um, yes. Well, to go touch on that, I to myself have it as well. Most gay men yeah, um, most do. Yeah, it's that visual immediate judgment. But I'd like to say, and this is my own personal st story, my own personal work that I've done on myself, that may be my first inkling or thought, but I look right as quick as I can behind that. Who is this person? What are they like? Mm -hmm. Are they nice? And that diminishes that critical mind of others. And then I get to be inclusive. For me, that's the height of emotional maturity. And so, yeah, when I meet anybody in any situation for play or all of that, I primary, of course, is the visual like, ah, but secondary, really, who are they? You know, I'm doing that now. There's probably people watching this that perceive me one way. And they're seeing this is this is miles. This is who I am. And, you know, yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about that earlier in the week about we coming on to the live. Yeah. And you had your trepidations about it. Because all of a sudden you're going from having your Instagram face. There's nothing. <laughs> well, it's, it it's you, you do amazing pictures and are very, very sexy, but it doesn't really tell about you as a person. So this is much more personal. It is. And you're right. And I kept it that way. And it was very intentional for many reasons. But mm. yeah, uh, I do have a partner uh, of four, almost five years. Talk to him. Um, he's primarily vanilla. And he, he just said, oh, let him know who you are in brief. You know, it's, it's a form of intimacy. And also the forum that you're providing, I do, as you know, I'm sure this, you're the same guy. It just helps literally one person go, hey, that dude, he can get crazy in the, in the sack and still, you know, not use or drink. Wow. Inspirational, oh, right? I, I posted on my stories just before I came on to the live. A friend of mine, a former guest on the podcast, mm -hmm. has just been to laboratory last night. Uh -huh. was a downright pig, and it was his first time doing it sober. And he was nice. really, really proud of himself. And it was just, it's just that simple action of actually being in those environments we used to be in, yes. uh, the high or drunk, and all of a sudden having to do it sober. For example, this weekend is Antwerp Lever Pride Weekend. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't afford to go, but I went in 19, 2019, and that was my first big sober event, and I had a blast. I bet you did. Um, you know, yeah. I'd like to I think, who is it, embarrassing enough? Oprah. <laughs> so something like, um, well, I'll, I don't know if it's Oprah, but, you know, if you've done the work, or meaning look, looked at yourself and our, and our stuff and how we show up, and we try to do that differently, we get to be our true self and what a beautiful gift and people respond to that my mm. god you're like i will with you 
you're, when I watch your podcast, you're so clear-headed, straightforward, and it's super charming, and you represent the leather community really well. I love that. So I'd like Thank to be you. that guy, too. You, you're yeah. going to make me blush. You're going to make me blush. It's, it's, but then again, then, then, it's, then it's all about um, what I present here. It's not necessarily what goes on outside this. Yes. Um, I've talked about it before. I, I do suffer a little bit with my mental health and so on. So uh -huh. I do, do have normal anxieties and stuff like that. It, sure. And a lot of people's like, oh, it doesn't come across on the podcast. Yeah, but I'm on. I have to be on with, with yes. my guests. I yes. can't fall to pieces whilst I'm doing this. Well, that's the beauty, isn't it? You mm -hmm. get to uh, not have it dominate and rule your life, um, those fears and anxieties and issues of anything. It's, how's it go? The absence of fear, that's not gonna happen. You just have to take the fear, put it in the backpack, and here we go, right size mm -hmm. it, and continue. That's true courage, isn't it? Having the fear, it's not when everything's fine and copacetic and easy and going right, that we're the strong, ooh, I can do it. It's when it's shitty, difficult, uh, and you go forth anyway, there's the magic of being, you know, I don't know. There's a great poem, what's this? Actually, it's from your country, <laughs> um, about being in the arena. Uh, my God, hold on. Uh, it was during the war, who was the prime minister during like the 1940s? Um, uh, Churchill. Winston Churchill and I, has this magical uh, poem he wrote about that. It's not the man who observes, it's the man who's in the arena with blood, sweat, and tears, or something like that, participating, showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I always I well, try to think about them. Yeah. It's, 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 I think it's, it's about, um, it's not about perfection, and no. you're going to have shitty days no matter what, yes. and that you're going to have shitty nights going out in fetish gear and you're not feeling it and that's yeah. fine that happens um and it's yeah. it's not it's a temporary thing that's the thing agreed it's to remember that though in the moment it's like oh my god i'm gonna feel like this forever you know the, the loss of job breakup whatever it is or you know yeah so I'm, I'm curious to because you mentioned that uh working out is very important to you how long have you been do you are you bodybuilding or are you just yes. big, a big guy how long have you been bodybuilding um i'm look thank you good question i love that too so part of that uh sobriety makeup and serenity and is physical exercise it's for me it's such a gift like i used to be a runner in my 20s so i'm the lucky guy in that way too when uh, i've always been athletic um I ran track and field, anything that's non-contact, because, you know, being a big gay boy in a small town in upstate New York, you know, God forbid I touched somebody, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, get a heart on. Uh, let's see. When I got sober, I met this guy, this is the, this is the comedy behind it, who was a big drug addict, <laughs> but he was a personal trainer, and we became fast friends. He was a sweetheart. He's from Utah. And he trained me when I was like 21 and I caught on and just loved the high. So I went from the high of, you know, so, you know, using to that. And initially it was cardio and then it's morphed into bodybuilding weights. There's a feeling, there's a different kind of exhaustion that you, my body gets. And of course the aesthetic, oh, why not? Ah, oh, good interjection. 
And that's when, I did want to mention this too, so I'll just roll into it. Mm-hmm. Um, in San Francisco, it's such a kumbaya, be yourself, um, liberal city. It's known for that. Does that does that ring a bell for you? Do you yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's it very much has like a small town feel when you're there. It does. So even such a friendly city. city. It, it and even back in the day it was even smaller. My God, to be there in the fifties or the sixties would have been Shangri-La. I can only imagine. But the eighties was with the big incline of all the tech. So it was still small, but it was coming. Not like today. So with that said. Um, so, you know, I have done my fair share of drag. Hag, actually. I can't apply makeup. I'm not. You should see the photos. They're horrific. <laughs> so I, I, I embrace that quick because it's fun. I'm a, I'm a fun, lighthearted guy. Hopefully you're getting that point today. Just fun. I mean, throwing a pair of roller skates back in the day and some crappy wig and some shitty makeup and out the door I went. I'm not kidding. So when it came to fetish, wearing chaps and leather, this is the honest to God truth. And I'm glad I'm talking about this because I wanted to. Let me slow down. To embrace Miles's full masculinity was really even more challenging and more scary and more um, unknown than the feminine. I had stuffed that because for me, my experience was growing up in a small town in upstate New York, I couldn't really be me. I didn't know who that was. Mm-hmm. My truth is I'm kind of a masculine guy but I stuffed who I was. Many people stuff if they're more effeminate. So the <clears throat> short version of that, so I had to help that blossom and grow that. And that was a challenge. And that was the early sobriety days was finding my masculine self and embracing it. Truly, sounds wacky, but. No, no, it's, it's you know what? I think a lot of, especially uh, around fetish, um, I've yeah. now realized that, especially around like the leather scene, you can run into leather men who are, don't describe to, you're not allowed to smile, you have to look constipated yeah. the whole time. You, right. You're not allowed to be the slightestly feminine right. or anything. And it's, it's all of a sudden, I've all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's a bit of toxic masculinity, there's a lot of toxic masculinity on there the is. fetish scene where, I've been on the receiving end of that where someone's written me in the past kind of going, oh, you look really great in your gear over the weekend, but yes. I wouldn't approach you. You're too feminine. Right. Which translate to I speak with my hands a lot and I'm smiling right. and so on. But that's not oh, what that's... a guy should look like. <laughs> but Horrible. it's it's about finding that balance between the light and the dark and the feminine yes. and the masculine. And, and you mentioning drag and or what did you call it? Instead, egg, egg, so which implies like, terrible makeup and the bad uh, hair. Yes, um, uh, five minute drag, like they say on Correct. Drag. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's 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 nice to meet another guy who don't takes himself so serious that yes. he can't put on a wig and a pair of rollerblades and just roll out in a dress. It's, you bet it's, your ass. Because let's face it, the controversy going on now in this country drags. You know, you've heard about that with oh, drag. Yes. Well, isn't this this? really is drag all of it is i mean anything we put on our body is what we want to say to the world who we want to this is my belief what we want to interact with my god i made a living at that you know a certain designer Giorgio armani would say wear this this and this and there you're okay well you know it attracts a certain type of person or a certain uh, thought process and so does this and i like that yeah definitely animal in the forest 
attracting each other. <laughs> yeah, it's primary. Been, it primary. is it is it is interesting to see what goes on in the States and it's starting to happen over here as well. Is it? Like yeah. with drag and, and there's also been in the later years there's been a little bit of pushback on is kink allowed at Pride? It's a family. What? Right? It's like really? no, no 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 no. The Leverman and the wow. the the uh, the level lesbians and so on they were on the front lines right. so do not try to erase them from pride right. and and i think a lot of people uh, even in inside the community we forget a little bit like pride was a protest not yeah we right. we we're lucky to have it as a celebration now we yes. are very lucky but we also now see a quite a big pushback um, right especially with drag and the trans community, which is scary. It is. You know, I'd like to think that, you know, being a man of a certain age, that everybody before, you know, we've helped, we pushed it, and they're going to push it further. And mm. the flag, I hand it to them. There's plenty of young people who are doing the right thing. But yeah, agreed. Tough, tough stuff. Well, we, we have to support it because lever is also drag. We have to. It and it, like, like you mentioned earlier in the conversation where you mentioned you had this conversation with who was a hairstylist and you yeah. were a window dresser or a designer. And, and it's just the amount of times I've walked into Backstreet or the hoist yes. where I can hear two lever men talk about the latest recipe they just tried for the <laughs> book. Uh, exactly. The latest porcelain plate they just bought for their collection, and and it's it's that contrast that's funny to me, and, and I enjoy that. Let me be clear with you. I'm saying that's wonderful. You are as well. Yes, and you know it's role play. It's also sure I can snap right into verbal dominant top if I need to. You know my version of it. Your version. You know you can do the same or sub. It's that's the that's the fantasy and the beauty. And I'll mention this too. I feel, for lack of a better term, blessed that I have this fetish. Mm. You know, purely vanilla. God bless them, but ooh la la. What to do with that? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 my brain does boggle. Um, yes, it's, mine too. It's, it's when, when I talk to people, um, I do, sometimes on occasion people will question my credibility as a Serb, but then they haven't been at the receiving end of my uh, Exactly. They haven't been at your table. <laughs> no, they haven't. And do you know, I, I, what I do in the bedroom and the, my aesthetic and my personality changes very much from when I'm not in that role. Um, and isn't that the blast? That's, the, that's fantastic. That's another, uh, what time is it? Oh, gosh. Oh, we have, done, eh? we have approximately seven minutes left. So, yeah, with that said, uh, yeah, I guess mean, you just covered it. There's, when someone won't leave that, role of the sir and it's i encountered this i just went to an event at the town of finland house here in la it was his last home i guess up in silver lake yeah there was a fundraiser it was a really great group of guys probably 50 guys which in this town is huge and maybe 30 guys so we're all in our bluff gear and um i'm trying to put it together so I saw, you know, I, the faces are familiar because we, we know each other from online, majority of them. But there's this one guy from, I won't say the city because he could be very put together very quickly, who was an absolute, utter, top, dumb, idiot, uh, boundaryless, boundaryless, yeah. pawn at me, 
just not even say hello, just just sort of t touching my, you know, uh, didn't go so well. So I, I snapped, I got, I cut that quickly and moved on or else it would have been kind of a little brawl. What is my point? Oh, he, so I think he, I, my guess is, I think that's what he thinks he needs to do at such an mm. event to prevent this Tom of Finland persona. It's like, ouch, no, there's hors d'oeuvres over there. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, what do you do for a living? Sell insurance? <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the fetishine in, in, in LA, I'm assuming, is yes. or in, in WeHo is not that extensive. Zero. No. It's zero. Well, it's, that, that, that's another thing we could talk about, too. San Francisco and London are cities with uh, public transportation, and you're inter, you intermingle, and mm. so you get to see each other and encounter each other, and it's a walking city for the most part. LA is not at all. You're in your car, you can meet someone who's from Orange County, which is only an hour away, but to get there, it's because of traffic, is three to four hours, three hours. Jesus. It's ridiculous. So with that said, yeah, West Hollywood itself, there's probably 15 of us. That's putting it, that's a, so it's Silver Lake, which is the east side, which is predominantly where the, the bar, where there's one bar left, that, 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 that what is it, the Eagle. <clears throat> Sorry, I've had this worst chest cold. Um, so they congregate over there and kind of the majority of them live over there. But all in all, we're so spread out. The Los Angeles County is huge. And mm. yeah, it's an issue. Yeah. But upcoming is Leather Pride Week. And there's fantastic. fantastic events. Palm Springs has a great Pride Week. It's a phenomenal. And of course, IML in Chicago which I'm trying to go to, I'd love to. I haven't been to that for so long. That's fantastic. I haven't, I haven't been since 2017, and it was a druggy affair of four days uh, of no sleep. So I want, right. it, it's a space I want to reclaim. Um, uh, you would bring a lot to the table, you should. That's another thing too. Bring you, your gear, and your sober self. Wow, that's a gift. Yeah, it's 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 one of the things. Where, one of the reasons I started all this, like the pod, well, the podcast was because of lockdown. Um, the, mm -hmm. the sober fetish group on Facebook I started mainly because I needed an entrance back into fetish life. But also Europe, we don't really have anything when it really? comes to catering to sober fetish people. No, we don't. Well, see, that's to my point about my photos and what I, that is really a creative person. So count yourself in. If you don't see it or find it, you yourself have created mm. it and bringing it to the world. Is there a better gift? I think not. And you know, would someone critique it and do it different? A, B, and C, sure. Well, screw it, fuck you. You're not doing it, I am. It's like, yeah. you know? And so with that said, I wanna plug this. I'm starting a fetish line based on my uh, uh, success of my Instagram page. Within the next 60 days would be the outside. Yeah, start with like simple, simple six, seven items. And because like the feedback has been, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that? And 60% of what I'm showing on there, I have designed and had made and custom. And I thought, well, what the hell? It's time. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> At a great price. Yeah. I am looking forward to seeing some more of that. Uh, oh, to end yeah. the episode, we are coming to the end of the time. Great. Absolutely lovely to have you on. Is there any advice you would give to someone out there who is either starting on their fetish journey or on their sober journey? On either or, eh? Yeah. There's such or a two different or, hmm? or, or a mix. Yeah, I guess I'll answer it through the mix. Well, no. Um, I'll answer a little bit of each. Um, 
Sober Journey, again, I can always speak from my inner voice at the time. Um, stop digging, you know, the bottom is, can be where you're at and just ask for help. That was my issue to become yeah. vulnerable is really all it is. Extend your hand to someone. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Just start, start there. As far as fetish, um, I'm going to answer that question in regards to once you do get sober and you think that you can't play sober, you can. It's actually higher than high. You're present for it. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And uh, if people want to contact you, can they contact you through Instagram? Yes, Instagram only, if you know, because I'm, God help me, it's a lot. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been a joy to chat with you. Oh, vice versa, Ralph. What a pleasure okay. and an honor to be asked anything like this. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. All I'll, right. Hopefully, I'll see you in real life at some point. Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Have Where a good have? day. You too, handsome man. Okay. okay. Bye. 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 So, that was Miles from uh, LA, WeHo. Uh, and it was absolutely joy to have on. I'll be back next week for our final episode of the season. And then next week, we're going to Ireland uh, to talk to a really, really good friend of mine. So have a great weekend. If you're an Antwerp, have a great weekend. Um, be safe, be sober, and be kinky. Ooh.